I asked God at the beginning of this year, God, what do you have for us at Echo this year? What is it you want us to go after? And he gave me one word, and that word was community. And I started as, I mean, there was an obvious, I was like, okay, so you want me to go after the community? Thank you for being so specific, God. You know, there, yeah, yeah, there's a community everywhere. What do I do? Some places that I've lived and worked in my life, I knew very quickly what the need in that community was. There was a big poverty issue. There was a big teenage pregnancy issue. It was very obvious. We knew right where to get it was a little harder for me to figure out when I moved here. I was like, this is tough. It's a, it's, it's, it was a little tough for me coming in to figure out what is the immediate need here in Perry Hall because it, it's tough to figure out. But around here, people don't always speak up about what their needs are. There's a little more maybe pride, and I think some of us are like, well, I don't want anybody to think I have needs. I have a good job. I have a good education. I have a good, solid family. I don't have any needs. So it took me a little long. I said, okay, so God, you give me this word community. And I, and I prayed a little bit more about it. He said two things. Community in the context of Echo. In other words, we need to not just be a group of people that comes here for three hours a week and sits here on Sunday morning and then leaves. We need to do intentional things to make this feel like a community, like it's a family, like we really are connected to each other, that we know each other, that we can call each other by our first names. And so one of the things we've been doing this year is planning very strategic events that are beyond Sunday morning that let you come out and get to meet other people beyond the context of Sunday morning. That's why we're doing the picnic in July. Because, you know, I know most of you have Sundays blocked out on your calendar to go to church. And so we figured maybe if we could do it in the context of a picnic. You get to know someone a lot different when they're wearing shorts and flip-flops and eating a burger than you do when you're sitting, you know, you're sitting here trying to stay awake while I talk to you. So we want to make sure that we give you opportunities to do that. The other thing was, he said, it's not just about becoming a community here. But it's about really putting your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the community around you and becoming a church campus that is indispensable to this community. That people could say, you know what, I've heard of Echo. I don't know that I want to go to church there necessarily. I don't know, I believe everything they believe, but I don't want them to leave. We have teachers at this school telling us, I already go to another church, but we're so glad you're here. Because you bring us the best breakfast and the best prizes. and the best. But you know, but isn't that the type of reputation we want to have in this community? It's not about trying to make our team the best. We're not trying to be the best. But we want to serve a valuable role so our community says we don't want the doors of that church to close down because they add so much value to what they're making our community a better place for us. And so that's really where we're trying to go with all this. And so I ask God, what is it that you have and need in this community that we can meet now? Because, God, I know the history of Echo. I mean, we got going, then we had a, a big transition and a lot of people that were here left. And then I came on the scene and we've been trying to build back up and get going again. I understand the history. I'm not ignorant of the facts. God, there's some things that we used to be able to be equipped to do that we're not able to be equipped to do now. God, there's some things that I would love to do. Like I've gotten a lot of your feedback. Pastor, we need a youth ministry. We need something for our high school students. You know what I say that? I wholeheartedly agree. And we have asked people. We have prayed. We've been trying to find the right leadership. And just door after door after door after door closes. I don't know why. We're still working on it. And I'm like, God, okay, so obviously this is something that we need to have happen. And it's not working. There's a couple other areas where like we really need to get this fixed and repaired and you start running roadblocks and while all of this is happening god 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 i need youth workers i need i need this i need that you know I, I need i need a strategy what am i getting in return i'm getting all these people that are volunteering for children's ministry i'm like okay thank you for volunteering for the kids we'll process that thank you god i really need you know blah 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 blah. you know this is what i need and then you'll get uh, oh three more applications come in uh, children, children children okay great thank you for working with the kids god i really need and then uh, finally after a little while i'm like okay maybe god in your grace and mercy you're trying to tell me something and being very obvious about what we're resourced to do well right now and i'm just missing it because it's not what i asked you for and you know what i think we're really resourced to do well and that would meet a massive need in this community if we just absolutely go all out and reaching out to children 
I absolutely, you drive around Perry Hall for a little while, you will see kids everywhere. If you're at movies at the park, the ratio of children to adult is almost unhealthy tilted on the side of kids. I mean, it's like 12 kids to one adult, right? And I found several times last night, I felt in, a little bit in physical danger. Um, <laughs> but you know, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And I really believe in my heart that God has resourced us for whatever reason, to really develop an excellent ministry and presence in this community for children, for kids, for the little guys, for the next generation coming up. And I know as soon as you start saying something like this, I realize some people click out. I don't have kids. I don't like kids. That's not for me. And here's the, here's the, here's the reality. I can't please everybody. I'm not here to try and please everybody. I'm trying to please God. I'm trying to hear what he's saying in my heart. That doesn't mean that I'm going to stick my head in the sand. But sometimes when you can't build consensus, leaders got to lead. And if you hear what Jesus says, and I've got to go after that. And this is my response. Friend, if you are on your way to heaven and you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and you're having issues with us going after kids, here's my question. Who needs it more? You or them? If you are committed to Jesus and you're on your way to heaven, <laughs> if you're committed to Jesus and you're on your way to heaven, but you can't find it in your heart to go after some kids. Spend a little more time with Jesus. Spend a little more time with Jesus. Who needs it more? Who needs it more? You who's on your way to heaven or this kid. Who, if they make it to age 18, has a 2% chance of finding Jesus if they haven't yet. 98 out of 100 people in this country who make a decision to follow Jesus, according to Tom Rainier make a decision to follow Jesus, do so before they turn 18. That means of every conversion, every person that says, Jesus, I invite you into my life, 49 out of 50 of them will do so before they become an adult. It just means it's that much harder for us once we become adults to be willing to surrender our lives to Jesus if we didn't do it as a kid. We got kids everywhere around here. And the Bible makes some interesting statements about it. Well, Pastor, why kids? Because we're resourced well to do it. Easter Sunday morning, we had like 45, we had more visitors in children's ministry than regulars on Sunday, on Easter Sunday morning. The kids that were there for the first time outnumbered our regular kids. And we invited people all over the community. You know what it told us? The parents in our community that aren't churched, aren't really excited about finding a church. However, they will take their kids to a church. We have people flocking into our children's leadership. This month alone, I had six brand new Volunteers are like, I want to go work with the kids. In the last month, our children's ministry has almost doubled. The number of kids over there is almost twice what we had last month. On an average, I'm not talking about spikes. I'm talking about on an average. God is doing something in our children's ministry. I'll tell you this. You transform the kids, you transform your community. Maybe our generation has blown it to a certain extent, but that doesn't mean they have to pay for it. So the Bible makes some strong statements. Let me take, just give you a quick look at this, and then, we'll, and, then we'll, and then we'll move on from here. Quick look. From that passage in Deuteronomy, chapter 6, about, you know, repeat it again and again to your kids, tie it on their hands and foreheads. God holds his adult followers responsible for the spiritual and moral leadership of the children. He says, commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands I'm giving you. Repeat them again and again to your kids. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road. Parents who have kids at home, are you talking about your faith in front of your kids? Do they know what mom and dad believe? They know what team you like and what shows you like. Do they know how you feel about your God? God says 
You know whose responsibility he doesn't say it is for giving the kids every, all the moral leadership? He doesn't say it's the government's responsibility. Doesn't say it's their school teacher's responsibility. Doesn't say it's the school system's responsibility. Doesn't say it's television's responsibility. Doesn't even say it's the pastor's responsibility. Says it's the parent's responsibility. Says the Bible, right? Says it's the responsibility of the adult followers of God to be the moral and spiritual foundation for our kids. Now look around our country. Do you feel good about the quality of the leadership it's spiritually and morally our kids are getting? And there's two things we can do about this. We can look internally at our own heart and fall on our face before God and say, God, help me do better. If I fail in every other arena of my life, I can live with it, right? But if my son grows up not knowing Jesus because of something that I did, I don't know how I could deal with that. I want my son to come to know Jesus as early as possible. I want him to be raised in a home where he sees mom and dad committed to each other. I want him to be raised in a place where he knows the love and the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus. I want him to know that. You know, he's going to get it. He's probably going to get that from me. Now, maybe not me alone, but he's going to watch me every single day of his life until he finds a new place to live. Which is, he's 15 months away. He's going to be anytime soon. I take that very seriously. Friends, you know why Echo needs to be involved in this? Because God's whole, God holds his adult followers responsible for the spiritual and moral training and leadership of our kids and our society. And if not everybody's following Jesus, then the church has an extra responsibility. We have an extra responsibility. Second thing that the Bible tells me about kids is this. Children who are raised without knowing the Lord become adults who are lost. You know one thing we all have in common in this room? We were all kids. Some of y'all are still kids. We were all kids once. We were all, we were all children once. Judges tells us this. When that generation that grew up, that generation of kids who grew up not knowing about God became adults who did evil things not knowing God. We need to do something about giving our kids an opportunity to know who Jesus is. Even if they're not hearing it at home. When we were hanging door hangers for our Easter thing, we're going around hanging door hangers. And, I, and we weren't knocking on people's doors in the community. We we're just hanging door hangers on the door, inviting them to church. Had a little candy tape to it, inviting them to come to church. Had very few conversations. I had two conversations that morning. Both of them involved this. Either I'm already going to a church or I'm not at a church. But here's what they said. I remember the one lady specifically. She's like, I'm not interested in coming to church. She said, but what do you have for my kids? And in that moment, I kind of recognize she's, she's looking at herself saying, you know what? I might not be the best moral leader for my kid, but I still want them to get it from somewhere. And if you've got something for my kids, I might come on Sunday morning and bring them. And guess what? If we have excellent children's ministry that parents want to have their kids in, we'll get a t- chance to talk to mom and dad, too. Or mom or dad. We'll have a shot. People want their kids to be involved in that. My friend Paul, I told you about a few weeks ago, who's the general manager who who hired me when I sold cars. He is not a follower of Jesus. And he told me one time when I invited him to church, he said this, he's like, I'm not interested in going to church. I'm a single guy. He said, but if I get married and I have kids and you could promise me you could keep my kid on the right track, I'd bring him to a church. Blew my mind. There's a lot of people that are parents in this community, single parents or parents, that might reject every invitation I can give them to church because they don't really want to go for themselves, but they're thinking differently about their kids and they might be willing to give it a try if we have something for their children. You want to change your culture, reach the kids. Number three, we're not called to force kids into knowing Jesus. Instead, we're called to direct them on the right path so that they'll know how to find their way when they're older. Solomon said, direct your children onto the right path. When they're older, they won't leave it. Doesn't mean I can save anybody, but I have a responsibility to see the potential in our kids. You know where, you know where this really came home to me? I had, 
couple weeks ago, Kendra and I went out to lunch with, with Trish and Joe, and we were having a good time uh, at TGI Fridays. And I was talking to them because they're so solid in their faith. And I was asking Joe and Trish, I said, how did you guys get to a place where you were just so strong and so solid and so consistent? I said, because I see a lot of people your age in our culture that maybe even grew up in church and then have nothing to do with it. And they're living in all kinds of different ways. Here's what they told me. They said, you know, we grew up in Kenya and we went to school there. And they said, you know what? And it's different about the public school system in Kenya than in the States. They said, in Kenya, you must go to Christian education class the whole way up through 12th grade. You have no choice. And the public schools, they teach you the Bible. They teach you right from wrong. They teach you morals. And here's what they said. They said, you know why it's so difficult for a Kenyan to walk away from Jesus? Because even if they walk away, every one of them has spent so many years learning the right way that they know their way back. And that just sunk into my heart. You know what I can't do? I have zero influence in whoever makes a decision about the curriculum in the schools in the world. You know, Phil Nauer is not going to get curriculum back in the school to let him teach about Jesus. Now, I'll vote that way. I'll do, sign whatever. I'll do whatever I can. But I'm just being very, I'm not resourced well in that arena to get that done. But why can't we create some kind of a presence in our community that says, you know, there's something different about what the church is doing for the children in this community. There's all kinds of other organizations doing programs, but there's something different about this. Why can't we be a presence in this community that somehow gets to our kids and lets them know the path that they should be on so that when they become adults, they won't stray from it? I don't know exactly what all of that looks like. But I have these different moments where I just feel like we've got to do something. So what is Echo? What is what is Echo doing about this? What are we going to do? I mean, I think I've made the case. I think it's almost a no brainer to say, hey, yeah, we really do need to do something for kids. So let's get specific. What are we doing? I want to introduce somebody to you. Um, I want to introduce Tia Ajao to you this morning. Tia, could you come on up and join me? Tia and her husband Wally started attending Echo, I think, around October ish. Um, they have two beautiful little boys that are back in Echo Kids this morning. This is yours, and it's on. Um, Tia and I had a conversation a couple weeks ago. I mean, and, and, you know, because I've been praying, God, what do we do specifically? What do we do for, for the real little kids, for the little infants and the babies in our community? What do we do for elementary kids, youth kids? And Tia and I had a conversation about something that she is involved in, something that she does, and it just seems like a really good partnership, something we can do practically. So um, it has to do with this organization called the Storks Nest. So Tia, could you tell us a little bit about the Storks Nest and what your role is? Um, with the Storks Nest. Okay, hello everyone. Good morning. Um, the Storks Nest is a uh, community-based, a service-based program that encourages women who are either at risk or underserved to get early and regular prenatal care. Um, this program actually gives points to the moms. Wow. And with those points, they can purchase new donated items for their babies which we keep in the Stork's Nest store. And by going to their prenatal visits, by doing healthy things for themselves and their babies up to the age of one, they continue to accumulate those points and the things that they need, they're, they're able to get from the Stork's Nest store. Um, I have been involved with the Stork's Nest for um, a little over 10 years now. Um, I started when I saw a, a sign asking for a volunteer for the program. And ever since then, I just fell in love. Um, and now, 10 years later, with a degree in public health and in maternal and child health, which was really started because of the Storks Nest, um, now I'm a, I'm a professional in the field. And so I'm helping one of the sites to actually look at how effective they are in reaching out to the communities that we reach here in Baltimore. 
Um, another thing about the Storks Nest is that we really think that prenatal care is important because we're trying to prevent babies from being born too early or too small. Because when babies are born either too early or too small, sometimes they're not able to thrive as well developmentally, uh, and that causes problems throughout life. So we're trying to avoid those type of things so that all of our children are born healthy. And the, the, the particular Stork's Nest store and, and operation that you work with is in St. Agnes Hospital, correct? Correct, correct. Actually, Baltimore has three sites. One at St. Agnes, one at John Hopkins Bayview, another one at the University of Maryland Medical Center. And the reason that we're linked to these health facilities is because we need referrals to mm -hmm. find out who are the patients that need us the most. And so the hospitals refer the patients to us, and we take it from there. So when you and I had a conversation, you basically described to me, you know, and just kind of synopsize, what you do is you incentivize women who are, you know, underserved or uh, for whatever reason might not typically go and get, do the, all the pre prenatal care that they would go see their doctor regularly, make sure the pregnancy is going along. You incentivize them going to take those steps by letting them earn dollars or points that they can then use to take those points and shop in your store for all the different things, diapers, wipes, all the different kinds of things that they would need for their baby. How many women are you, t are you currently serving, um, let's say, like out of St. Agnes? How many, how many women? Just to give us an idea of how many kids this impacts. Well, in 2011, we serviced about 150 moms. Mm -hmm. um, last year, around 160. And we're actually our numbers are looking much higher now because we've opened up a new day. So um, our coordinates is there three days now. So we should, we should definitely have better numbers even this, this year. So because of what you're doing, 160 moms who may not have taken all the steps necessary to provide for a healthy pregnancy, healthy birth, everything else, those 160 women have gone and gotten the, the prenatal care that they needed. They've also been able to then provide for themselves different things that their baby needs because of what you're doing. And you are a nonprofit organization, right? Started by the March of Dimes, right? It's, it's, if you notice my shirt, it's, That's right it's like um, a uh, collaborative effort, first with the March of Dimes and a sorority called Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, which is a service sorority, which I ended up joining. Because <laughs> I was trying to get as, as intricately involved with the program as I could. So I joined a sorority, and then I started volunteering with March of Dimes, trying to work, you know, um, holistically with the program. And again, th those two organizations now partner with health facilities to, um, to reach the actual um, patients or the, the moms who need the most. Do you sense the joy that she has of just talking about what you, I mean, if, if I needed to refer something, she, the, Tia is the person I would want somebody to go and talk to. I mean, she is just, in, she, this is her passion. This is her calling. This is what she wants to be involved in. And so she shared with me about what she was doing. And Tia works in our nursery. She works two weeks a month over here in our nursery and cares with our, our kids. I just said, well, Tia, what are some of the, pra I want Echo to be involved in this somehow. This is right in our backyard. I want to be able to say to people that we connect with, if, if that's a season they're in in life, and say, hey, go down there. It costs nothing. Go, go get involved in that. Tell us what we can do. What are some of the practical things you, chat, you and I chatted about that Echo can do to help uh, partner with you? Okay. Well, mainly there are just um, two things that um, would really be a blessing to the, to the program. First of all, donations, of course. Any donation is always helpful. Um, we will continue to strive make, to make ourselves more um, impactful, you know, making sure that we're approaching things the right way. So, um, ag again, donations will help with many aspects of the program. Another thing would be actually having a baby drive, and that is to help get our Storksnet store stocked of, of new um, donated items for, for the moms. 
And um, in speaking to our coordinator, she's been talking about things like baby clothes for all ages and diapers, wipes, bath items. We've even set up a um, baby registry with Target and Walmart. So awesome. there's there are a lot of different needs, but and I'm sure we will have an opportunity to get feedback from the moms to see how much this has really ma made a difference for them. So here's what we're going to do, all right? So I, and, and I know I have to give this back. We've already cut a check, so we're gonna we're gonna par Echo's gonna partner with. There's a check for five hundred dollars in here that we're gonna part we're gonna partner with you for that. So so we'll make sure that that gets gets to you and taken care of. The other thing is starting next Sunday and up through Father's Day, we're gonna do a baby drive right here at Echo. So I just want to invite you, if you think of it, go buy some diapers or wipes, or if you want to buy baby clothes or new items, okay, brand new items. You don't have to break the bank, but if you think of it, when you go to the grocery store or when you're out, run, you know, running your Target, Walmart errands. Pick them up. You can bring them here to Echo on Sunday morning. We'll collect them out by, out by the Guest Central coffee card area. Maybe, maybe a couple of you have a truck or a larger vehicle that wouldn't mind each of the next couple of weeks just loading those items up, and we can coordinate that we can take them down to say to Agnes. We will stock your shelves. We will make that happen. What we do, we want to be part of taking care of the moms and the babies in, in this particular area. And there's, maybe there's not a huge grand thing that we can do, but we can get involved in this. This is right in our wheelhouse. So we want you to absolutely know that we're partnered with you, and I'll work with you to get this to your director. I know that there's a way that they like that to be presented, but I just wanted you to know that we absolutely believe in what you're doing, and this is we want to partner together with you. Can you let Tia know how much we appreciate her? Thank you, Tia. You're awesome. You're awesome. Thank you. So if you think about it, over the next couple of weeks, that's something we're going to do outside of echo for the babies in our community and i want you to I, I want to set something up for you i want to do something for the children too and and i'm gonna i want you to watch something that i watched about a month ago that absolutely just it inspired me and it reminded me why we need to see the potential in the kids that are just not only the kids that are over here but the kids we haven't had a chance to minister to yet i want you to watch a video of a nine-year-old little boy named kane from south los angeles it's about five minutes long. It's extremely captivating. But I want you to watch this young boy. This is the type of potential that I feel like we have got to do something about to resource the creativity, the entrepreneurialism, and the imagination in the kids in our community. Check this out, and then I'll come back and close this out. He's holding up one finger. I think that means one second, Pastor. Look, they do a fabulous job back there, all the different gears we shift on there every week. It's okay. It is absolutely okay. The amount of times I freeze my computer up just checking email, it's just, and I don't know how you guys make it through.
Okay. Don't worry about it, guys. It's okay. Hey, if it's not, it's not going to be shown, it's not meant to be. You'll let me know? All right. Email me. Email me. Let me know. Hey, there it is. All right, here we go.
Most of our business has gone online because we really don't get the walk-up traffic like we used to. So Kane's chance of getting one customer is pretty hard. Kane's always waiting in front, sitting on his little chair, and trying to convince people to play. But not too much luck. Kane's arcade grand opening. But he never gets discouraged. He's always sweeping up and dusting off the games, waiting for customers. He only wears a shirt on Saturdays and Sundays when he comes to open up his arcade. And he's really proud of his shirt because he thought it up and he designed it. When Kane got back to school from vacation, he started telling everybody that he had an arcade. And nobody believed him. So he won't wear his shirt to school because he's afraid that kids might tease him about it. You know, he told them, hey, I got my own arcade. And they go, yeah, yeah, sure. story, but we're going to hold off on that for just a second. But when I watched that video, I thought, how many little canes are running around with little ideas, little dreams, and they just need someone to come alongside them and believe in that dream and resource that dream. And I, I'm not trying to unnecessary. Well, I am pulling at heartstrings a little bit. Because I watched that. I said, God, we've, there's kids running around this community that they have dreams in their heart like this little guy does, and they just are looking for somebody to come alongside of him and believe in that dream and resource it. You know why we do stuff like movies in the park? It's because we want those kids, we want to be able to meet those kids, let them feel safe around our team. Because if they feel safe around us, that might be the first step for them coming and checking out what we have to say on a Sunday morning. There's an insert inside your, your little sermon notes, and on the one side has what toddlers would like, something about like toddlers need to know from you. And I just wanted you to have that because that's something that we give to our, uh, when we're training our, our new workers in the nursery about how we want to relate to toddlers. And that's just some fun reading and maybe some, some things you can use to invite your friends to come to church and say, this is how we take care of little kids at our church. But on the other side, it has a list of initiatives, things that we're going to be doing or things that are very close to being approved for us to do this year. We're going to come back to that story in a second. But I want you to see what we're trying to do for kids in our community over the next few months. We just did movies in the park. Can't find mine. I'll try and do it off the top of my head. June the 13th, Perry Hall Fair. I know it's a fair and it's a carnival. 500 plus kids come. We've got a 10 by 10 booth at the Perry Hall, Perry Hall Fair. We're going to have a little simple carnival game there. But you know, we're going to give out backpacks. Then on one side, we'll have our logo. On the other side, we'll have, if you've seen the anti-bullying pledge hanging up all over Perry Hall, we're going to put that on the other side because, because of the shooting that happened in this room, right? Think about what God's doing. The shooting that happened in this room, right, where we're meeting this morning, is because of a kid that got bullied, finally had enough, and that's why we want it. So now there's this message going in all the schools. We want to get to the kids about the anti-bullying thing. So we want to champion that and resource that. So we're going to hand out 500 backpacks. Every kid that plays a carnival game at the Perry Hall Fair will get a backpack. They'll also get an invitation to come back for this new thing that um, I love Jane's idea. I'm going with that one for the name of the Pack to School outreach that we're going to be doing in August. I've, I've got two or three signatures I need to bring that here to Perry Hall High School in the parking lot on August 17th on a Saturday, two weeks before school. We're going to give away 500 more backpacks. Only this time they'll get a punch card and they can fill them with all the school supplies that they need. We'll get them donated. We'll buy them. We'll do whatever we need to do to gather those school supplies. We're going to do it in a carnival setting so that kids two weeks before school in this community will know that their local church wants to give them a book bag and all the school supplies that they need to start the school year off right. Compliments of us. September, we're going back to the park to do more stuff with movies in the park. And here's the thing I really need you to be praying about. 
We've got two of the three signatures we need to bring, something called the Global Cardboard Initiative, the Global Cardboard Games to Baltimore County Public Schools. You'll learn more about it when you watch the other half of this movie. But basically what it is is as a result of what's going on in Kane's life, he started this movement for kids all over the country to come together for a day of free play by building games out of cardboard and recycled materials and bringing them all together where they can share their games with each other and they can have a day of free play. And it goes all, it's gone international now. So every year in October, they do these global cardboard games. And when I watched this and saw the end of it, I said, we've got to do something like that. So just... I was sitting there watching. As I'm watching it, I'm, I'm emailing Julie. I was like, I need you to pull this video. We need to use it. I go online to the website that you'll find out about in a second, and I fill out an application and say, we would love to, our church would love to partner with you to bring this to Baltimore County. I'm emailing teachers that I know know principals in our area, and I'm saying, hey, can you get an audience to get this going? And God has given us extraordinary favor. What it would allow us to do is go into the local elementary schools here in Baltimore County public school system, partner with an elementary school, and say, we want to sponsor a day like this for all the kids in your school, bring them together. They can win scholarship money because of this. In, in one week, they raised like $160,000 of scholarship money just because of Kane's story. And so what we want to do is facilitate. And you well, Pastor, what does that have to do with Jesus? It has everything to do with Jesus. Because I can't talk to him about Jesus if I can't have an opportunity to do so. And so we're going to lead by giving kids and people to know this church is a safe place. They believe in kids. I want to find out more about what's going on. That this gives us an opportunity to reach into places of society. They might not all come to church first, but Jesus can reach them wherever we can meet them. He can reach them at movies in the park. He can reach them in neighborhoods. So... These are some of the things we're doing this year. I just ask you to pray over these things. We'll give you opportunities to sign up for these things in just a moment. Our ushers, in fact, you can get ready right now. We're going to receive our morning tithes and offerings. If you're looking at your commit card and you say, Pastor, I want to be more involved in what Echo's doing for kids this year than what I currently am. A couple of things you need to know. We're very particular about who works with our children. I, we say every week, we want you to volunteer to work with kids, but not everybody can work with kids. We go through a very... We go through an application process. There's a background check that goes involved. Not everybody who wants to work with kids should work with kids, right? Not everybody who wants to work with kids should work with kids, right? Okay, okay. This is a safe place. But if you have a burden in your heart to work with kids, it might mean you want to serve a turn a month getting on-the-job training with our Echo Nursery, with our preschool kids, with our Echo Kids over here. You may want to volunteer for one of the events that we're doing, like the Perry Hall Fair, and just give one day to it. But everybody can pray over what we're doing with kids. Everybody can go out of the way to make kids feel comfortable when they're here at Echo on Sunday mornings. There's lots of different things on the back of your Connect card you can fill out. I want to shift gears real quick. We also want to give you a chance this morning as you're getting your offering ready. We want to give you a chance this morning to do something for what's gone on to help the families in Oklahoma with the big tornado that went through there. Convoy of Hope. Kim Marie Page works with Convoy. They already have teams there on the ground that are helping with food, blankets, shelter, doing disaster relief. They were, they were there within, what, hours, minutes? Okay. So they were already in Oklahoma City when it hit. Across all of our campuses today, we're, we're just allowing, this is just spontaneous, there's no pressure, but if you would like to do something tangibly and you're not sure what organization to give through, we can make it simple for you. We're going to write one check from Trinity Life Network to Convoy of Hope. We received a collection of movies in the park last night that we'll include in it, but if you would like to give to Convoy of Hope to speed that money right towards where it's going, you can check, cash, however you, however you want to give. Just write the word hope or Convoy of Hope on, on the check or on your envelope so that we know. But uh, we'll, we'll collect all of those funds and send it that way. I do want to pray for the offering. But before I do, I want to give you a chance to make a decision to follow Jesus this morning. Well, Pastor, you didn't preach on salvation. You know, here's the bottom line. If you're here this morning 
and you feel like you're missing out on something in your relationship with God and you've never said yes to him, then I believe the Holy Spirit's already working on your heart. He's already making you feel like there's something more that I need to do and I just want to give you an opportunity to do that. So let's bow our heads and pray. And Heavenly Father, I just invite your presence to, to rest upon us right now. If you're here this morning, friend, and you'd like to make a decision to follow Jesus and you say, you know what, I, I'm hearing those scriptures about being the type of an adult that can pass on spiritual moral leadership to kids and I'm not in that place. I'm not ready to do that, but, but I want to start my own relationship with Jesus. Here's all you have to do. You can pray a simple prayer in your seat, just like I prayed when I asked Jesus in my heart. You say, God, please forgive me. I recognize I've been doing life my own way. I don't want to live that way any longer. I want you to be the Lord, and I want to move into the passenger seat. I want to do life the way that you want me to do life. And in order to do that, I confess my sins to you. Please forgive me. Jesus, come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Help me to think differently. Help me to behave differently. Help me to feel differently. Help me to be an echo of who you really were and the way that you talked and the way that you lived. I recognize I can't do it on my own. I recognize I can't fix myself. But through you, all things are possible. So I welcome you into my life. Make me your new home. Now, God, we, we covenant all of our tithes, all of our offerings, all of our gifts to you. We do lift up those in Moore, Oklahoma, and in the surrounding communities who life changed for them in a split second this last week. God, we know you look on these situations with incredible compassion. You are not unmoved when you see this. Your heart does grieve. And I thank you for organizations like Convoy who are following your mandate and your call to resource and to provide disaster relief, aid, comfort, compassion when things like this happen. So God, we, we surrender these gifts to you this morning. You break it, you multiply it, and you distribute it into your kingdom as you see best. In your precious name we pray. Amen.